Yes, like that's eagle. exactly it. That's exactly what I was thinking about. You feel like an eagle sometimes? Just just scanning the horizon by yourself. Yeah. Cuckoo. Cuckoo. That's a, like a it's crow. A cr- <laughs> <laughs> you should be recording this. Are you? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> you got me making crow noises. Good for you. Bless your heart. I appreciate that. The intro. I'm Josh Anderson. I'm Bob Galen. What's going on, Josh? What announcements do we have? You know, I just want to take a moment here. Oh, you're scaring me. I, I'm, oh, so, I'm going to look away. Most people might not know that we actually record the intro after we record the episode. And and at the end of the episode, we always end it the same way. We say shake and bake. But the thing that's crazy is Bob and I actually fist bump. We do fist bump. Every time. Every time. And I... I you and I are the only one that, that that see it. So I just, it was one of those things that put a oh. smile on my face. So from now on, when you listen to the episode, give it all the way until the end and imagine that little fist that bump little that fist Bob bump and I between do. Us. Yeah. We always do a fist bump. It is, it is, it makes me smile. So I just wanted to talk about that. So two quick events coming up. Um, one is there's an online conference. I don't know if we put, I'll, I'll put a link in, mm-hmm. we can put a link in. That's coming up in October that I'm a track chair. I should know this agile open conference. It's we will provide the link. We will provide the link. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, there's some good speakers and yeah. good tracks and things and good keynote. I'm doing a keynote, but there's some really good besides me. There's some good people there. Um, and then, uh, the Scrum Alliance, it's on a waiting list only. So it's sold out pretty fast. Wow. Has a one week, um, Agile coach can't agile coach retreat. Hmm. Uh, and you can sign up for the waiting list. Uh, it's worldwide. So it's five days with like three hour chunks. So each day it has a three hour chunk, three hour chunk, three hour chunk in three different time zones. Hmm. So Europe, there's a Europe coverage, Asia coverage, North America coverage. And each day, and I'm present, I'm present, I'm attending the North America thing. And so I think they said 1,700 people signed up. Wow, cool. Uh, and they hit their max. Maybe it's a tool max or mm-hmm. something. But that's a, that's a great, and it's free. It's absolutely 100% free. So go sign up. So go sign up for the, so Metacasters, uh, there's two really cool events coming up. This one's in, this is in a couple of weeks, uh, I think, like, um, so we'll need to get it up yeah. there okay. on, on cool. that. Maybe two weeks. Yeah. That's it for now. Okay. All right. So our topic, uh, we are continuing our hard, hard stuff. Yeah. We are on to part three. Bob, leave it alone. Don't say it. We're just on part three. Okay. And it is all centered on the challenge of leadership and how it can be a very lonely situation. Think an eagle flying over the mountains with the moon in the sky and the wind Tickling its feathers. It's a lonely place to be. On to the episode. <laughs> Welcome to the Metacast. I'm Josh Anderson. And I'm Bob Galen. Why, why do you get serious every once in a while? 
I, because I am a serious. This is a serious business, Joshua. This is a serious time for serious people. Good. It is. Good. Come on. Are you, Good. Are you frivolous right this morning? Yes. Stop it. <laughs> just, just, just that happy juice you've been drinking. Yeah. Just no. Okay. All right. Fine. Right. There's COVID, economic hardship. Okay. The space program isn't going into space as often. Leon Musk, Tesla's, not everyone Elon has Elon Musk. Elon, what did his, I say? His name's, not, his name's not Leon. <laughs> did I say Elon? Leon? I said you, Elon. You did not say I did not say, I said Leon. Ah! <laughs> I was trying. Oh, that was uh, a bad attempt. Bob. Yes, okay. I thought, I thought you were trying to be serious. Oh, yeah. Okay, all right. Let's get serious about our topic. All Enough right. horsing around, Robert, since you called me Joshua. Today's topic, continuing. Oh, the hard gosh. bits. Oh, no. Part hard three. Bits. Part three of is hard Is this part bits. three? Part three of the hard stuff. Is it? Is it part three? It is part three. Part trois. Oh, gosh. Let, let that run over. I Metacasters, thought... let that cascade over your tongue. Part what? trois. That is terrifying. It is terrifying. I felt obligated. Well, you know what's even worse than that? Part quatre. Let me do this again. Quatre. I think I think we're <laughs> ending the series like, right here. Like the hairball. series over. The hairball. We are done. Quatre. Okay, so quatre. now that everybody's turned off the episode, oh, let's okay. see if what, what, what do we do? let's see what we can salvage for those that stuck with us through. So that. we were talking about leadership is a lonely business. It is lonely business. It's lonely. It's lonely at the top. So is that a hard bit? I think it's a hard thing to get used to and a hard thing to get comfortable with. That's the same thing, but a hard thing to get good at. I would agree. Comfortable and good kind of tend to go hand in hand. When I, when I first, what, and whatever the leadership journey is, when I first um, was, um, was promoted to a leadership role, um, and what was I before that? Maybe a senior engineer, mm-hmm. an architectish, you know, senior developer. And I was made a manager of mm-hmm. a very small team. So, like today, in today's language, it'd be like a team lead, tech lead, some kind mm-hmm. of role. I, I remember being naive, and I didn't think, I didn't think anything would change. And then, in that first year or two, I, I noticed. I don't know if it took a year or two, but I noticed that people treated me differently. Mm-hmm. And and then my behavior, like I thought everyone, but like before I was friends with everyone mm-hmm. and I'm an introvert. So it's not like I'm, you know, guffawing or, you know, high-fiving everyone. I wasn't, but you know, we, we hung out. We mm-hmm. went to lunch, for example, right. a lot, right? Right. You, we used to, you know, go to lunch every day and you would talk about stuff. And then I noticed that it changed, I guess. And it wasn't some huge event. It was just I wasn't one of the boys. Mm-hmm. I wasn't a team member. Mm-hmm. I was something else. Yep. Did you ever have that experience? Did you? I did, and and I tried to force not allowing that to happen. I've told this story a couple times throughout our series of episodes where I was operating in a VP role and I was trying to lead retrospectives as an agile coach, and they weren't going well. And I was frustrated. I was frustrated with the team because I didn't feel like the team was really buying into the process. And I met you for lunch and I told you the story and you were like, well, you dummy, you're the problem. And once I got out of the retrospectives, 
they began becoming wonderful. And it was because I was trying to pretend that my role didn't matter. I had this desire that I would be viewed as a team member and supporting them and helping them go I, and grow. But in the end, I wasn't. See, I was going to disagree with you. I, I think that was more of an engagement or a, you know, do I lean in and interfere or lean out thing? But there is this sort of friendship. Mm-hmm. Am I one of the, am yeah, I one of the right. crew aspects to that? Right. And, and you're, and, but they, they liked you there. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's less about the, the group. It's more about, I'm just sort of thinking out loud. You, you know, it's this balancing act between being a friend or a colleague or being liked. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you're not, you're not exactly that. Right. It's, it's weird. I'm not describing it very well, but it's, it is, it, I, I remember back then. And then over the years, reminded of it over and over again, that it's a lonely. I remember back then, I'm like, you know, shit, this is sort of a lonely thing. And I didn't realize that looking up, mm-hmm. you know, it was sort of them and us, right? It, you know, from the, from the team up, it was them and us. Oh yeah. The grass is greener. Yeah. Right? yeah. Like, you're like, oh man, it'd be great to be in that position. Yeah. You know, that's, yeah. an, that's another part of it. You think it's this wonderful, you know, rosy mm-hmm. position and and I mean, there's perks, but it's it's not all that it's cracked up to be, mm-hmm. and it, it's very lonely. The other thing is, I think there's less uh, collegiality at a leadership level than there was at the team level. I think in general, I wonder what your experience. It, it didn't feel, you know, with your peers, with your yeah. management peers, it, yeah. it didn't feel the same way. I think more often than not, that's correct, and I think it's just a a matter of the situation that everybody's in that everyone is in that lonely leadership spot trying to do the right thing for their organization. And they spend, you know, 99% of the time with that lens of the world on of how do I build and support and grow my team effectively. And everybody is working so hard to make that a reality that there's often little time spent cross org or just discussing things, right? So those are, that's a thing I look for in leadership teams is, is there engagement across departments, across leadership roles? I think, I wonder if it's intentional though. I hear your silo based point, but I'm wondering if it's just, if it's competitive in nature too, where there's more competition at managers, like it's this dog eat dog you know, so silos, yes. Mm-hmm. Organizational silos and activity downward, yes. Uh, but I also think there may be a competitive, like I'm in it for myself. I have to get the next promotion. Yeah. I wonder if there's a bit of that. I think there's a bit of that going on there as well. Um, it's just, you know, yeah. I care less about you. If you and I are peers, if you're the, if I'm the engineering guy and you're the product guy, unless we work really hard to create a first team, mm-hmm. I don't give it. I I like you, Josh, but I don't really care about you. I care about my engineering yeah. s- spot, right? Right. Yeah. Well, and and, and yeah. I'm not gonna. You yeah. know, if I see you making a huge mistake, I'm I probably won't tell you. I'll probably let you shoot yourself in the foot to some degree. Um, right. I, I no. can't work like that. But I would. I yeah. would. 
No, no, I'm trying to. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not suggesting I work with. Medicare <laughs> Josh gave me the look. I, you like, know, no, 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 you can't. No, get no. away from me now. <laughs> no, but I, I'm trying to. Yeah. I'm trying to role play that that mindset. Yeah, that 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 is a more common occurrence. It shouldn't doubt, be yeah. there, right? It should, and you don't see that quite as much at the team level. Is what I'm saying. I, yeah, right. You see some of that at the team level, but there's more. You know, particularly in agile teams, we're rah rahing. You know, yeah. have each other's backs right. and things like that. But I don't. See, I don't always see. It's much harder to attain that yeah. at a leadership. So that's part of the. That's part of the loneliness. I think. Yeah, well, and so I want to just hit the pause button and try and recenter this for someone that has not made this leap yet. So I have not had the opportunity or desire, whichever one, or maybe both. To step into a leadership role. And then you hear Bob and Josh saying, like, hold on, bucko. Like, just be careful what you wish for. So, it, yeah. so let's try and quantify what makes it lonely. So that way folks can understand the potential world that they would be stepping into if they desire or are making that move into a leadership role. Why? I think so. I'll try to tee up something. I mean, for me, it's you can't lead if if people are your friends. Mm -hmm. And I'll say it. So there's friend, you know, collaborative awareness, and then there's friendship because you're going to be. You may there's actions you may take, and the first one of these hard bits we mm -hmm. talked about terminating terminating people mm -hmm. or firing people. Uh, it's going to be really hot, hard to fire your friend. Mm -hmm. um, and it's and it's a catch twenty two, and the more you know about their family, like Josh, you have you have a wife. You're a soul. I know you, yeah. right at a team level, yeah. Um, and you have a wife, and you have three wonderful children, and uh -huh. you're the sole breadwinner of your family. Mm -hmm. And we're friends. And suddenly, I get promoted, and I'm trying to balance you yeah. and ten other guys like you and ten other teams. So I have ten or twelve teams, and suddenly that friendship. And I may, you may not be working out really well. And right. I may, I may have just overlooked it because I really like you mm -hmm. and you may be the weak link. Yeah. And suddenly that really close relationship, and I'm not saying I pull away from it. It really gets in my way. It causes me emotional angst. Yeah. It yeah. causes me decision-making angst. Uh, I get torn. I, I don't even know how I would terminate. I mean, I would, I would, I don't know what I would do. Yeah. So there's a, there's a connectedness, there's an aloofness that I think. So the the alone the loneliness I think is self it should be self-inflicted to some degree where I you have to step back. Yeah. Right? Now I still I don't I want to get to know you. I want to understand your family, right. but I don't want to be so close to you because I have to make and and that's actually a sad decision. Let's let's go to the other the other side. What if I'm giving out raises and you're my friend? Oh, you're my friend, and oh, I know you're 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 sending your kids to Harvard, mm -hmm. right? And I, I have these really deep insights, and well, then I, you know, I could be influenced to yeah. like, to give you more money or to give you promotions, not based on your merit, but based on our, you know, our our closeness. Yeah. So I I think for equity and fairness, and for leading a lot of the dynamics of leadership. You you need this separation. Yeah, I think that's a really difficult balancing act that you have to learn how to handle where you effectively understand who each person of your team is. You care about them, 
you desire for them to succeed both for themselves, but also in support of the organization that you're trying to build, but not allow it to get too close to where when difficult decisions are required, that emotions, you prevent them from clouding your judgment. And that's really hard to walk that fine line of caring, knowing, understanding, yet being able to, in that moment where a decision has to be made, set that to the side and say, what's the best for the organization? Right. right. Because that's the, that's, that's the new torch that you're carrying is that you now are leading a large part of this organization and it's depending on you to lead. Now you can choose how you lead that, whether you manage or whether you lead. And I think it's harder to lead, which is why we see more managing than leading across the board. I think that management stance, that's interesting that you bring that up now that I think about it. Mm -hmm. That's one of the drivers for adopting, if we characterize it as a manager stance, traditional stance versus a leader stance. Yeah. I think manager stances are more easily aloof. Mm -hmm. You're more tactical. And I think leadership stance, even walking that line is harder. Yeah. Because you want to, you want, there's this notion of bringing your whole self to work. Yeah. You want to connect. Mm-hmm. You want to, that's part of doing, being a good leader, but it makes the nuance of what we're talking about so freaking hard. Right. I mean, Metacasters, if you think this is really a critical thing, if you're listening to this and if you're, you're reacting and saying that doesn't sound really hard, uh, you're missing, this is one of the hardest things I think of leadership is walking this line. It's so situational. It's so nuanced every day. Particularly like with today's millennia, today's generations where you mm-hmm. need to connect. So it has generational nuance. It has situational nuance. It has leadership nuance. It's freaking hard to get the balance right. Uh, I don't even know if I, I mean, I just try, right? Yeah. I just, it's not like I have a recipe each day. And it's even harder because everybody's different. Yeah. So everybody desires or requires a different level of understanding and caring. So doing that effectively and not under or overstepping across those bounds while also retaining your capability to be objective about a situation. It's objective. It's fair. Yeah. It's fairness in trying to, to treat everyone with sort of respect and fairness. Yeah. So, so I want to jump into that fair thing because that triggered something with me that, in those moments, I feel this tremendous weight of responsibility to be fair and honest with everybody about every decision that's being made. So transparency is what you're... Sorry. Transparency, yes, but to be successfully transparent, it's got to be fair. Like if you're transparent and you're a jerk, then right, right. you're not going to have a team right. for long. So if you're going to be transparent, which is what I believe to be the right way to go, then fairness has to be evident. Cause if you're sharing everything you can share, then people should be able to look at the situation and what you're sharing and say, okay, I get it. That's fair. It might not be exactly what I like, but it's fair. See, I'm going to challenge you a little bit. So not on fairness, mm-hmm. but on the aspect of letting people know that you're being fair. Yeah. Like, I think there's, I think part of this aloofness, 
is things like you're going to have data that you can't share in a lot of organizations. Like if someone's on a performance improvement plan, I've never shared that organizationally. Yeah. Right. But it's changing how I behave to them. It's changing how I'm handling impediments from their team. Mm -hmm. Right. It's, it's behind the scenes and it's influencing me. Uh, if I'm going, if I'm going to, we talked about it in the firing episode where you can't explain yourself. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, but the, yeah. So the things I'm talking about center around when it affects everyone. So merit, bonus, promotions, but what if role you changes? But, but a lot of organizations don't allow you to disclose that information. And I'm not. So what I'm wrestling with is you have to be able to sit across from the table with that person and say, "Hey, our merit pool is five percent." And everybody knows that because the company's transparent Correct. about that. And we say, like, hey, Correct. everybody's getting 5%. But I'm choosing to only give you 3% because so, I felt So I got that. Yeah. So, so that's part of we have to be able to communicate our thinking process behind right. that. Right. Or I'm giving you 1%. You had an outstanding year, Josh. I'm giving yep. you 1% because right. – I want to have a limited pool this year and we have several people who are underpaid and right. I'm choosing to leverage that pool to bring, I'm not going to disclose who, right? Because that's I'm, right. Right. But, but what I'm looking for is I'm trying, I'm communicating that right. I am making this decision out of an equity sort of strategy across yeah. the organization. So you're talking about those kinds of things. You can't disclose names, right? You can't disclose values, but you can talk about my thinking patterns. My, yes. Right. Yeah. What am I trying to do strategically as a. Right. Okay. I got yeah, you. So the, the, those are the things that it, that it, in those moments, all I ever want to do is I want to be able to confidently stand in front of the group yep. or an in an individual and provide them with a fair, logical reasoning behind a decision. And I 100% understand that not everyone will like or agree with the decision, but my desire, goal, expectation is that everybody can look at it and say one plus one equals two. I get it. I might not like it, but I understand they, it. Yeah, but you know what? I Yes, but I don't know if that's always – I found that to be awkward. If I could provide more data, mm-hmm. then I would look better. This is the aloofness yeah. yes. point I'm, t- I'm sort of amplifying. I have felt – I've done – for years, what yeah. you talk about, but a lot of people don't because I can't show them the spreadsheet, yeah, and I can't give them the data, and that's and I shouldn't, yeah. Then then there's a separation, there's this trust separation, there's a knowledge, sep- there's a confidentiality separation mm-hmm. that is part of the being leadership is a lonely business sometimes. Yes, you have these conversations, yeah, but it would be much easier if we could full disclose, yeah. Yeah. Right. It would be much easier. It would be easier in us, which we can't. Right. Again, I guess what I'm amplifying is that separation, that yeah. hard bit. Right. And so that's that's the hard part is without being able to share the details behind it, but being able to clearly communicate the intent and the reasoning without understandably not sharing the final details, the spreadsheet, the line items, it's, all of those things. You're vulnerable. Yeah. It makes you vulnerable. Yeah. I have felt vulnerable. I mean, I'm comfortable with it. I've been in those leadership roles. Yeah. But for a new lead, it's it's freaking uncomfortable. And you can't defend. Remember I was saying in the termination, 
You can't defend. I could work my ass off for the equity of a pip. Right? I have worked my ass off mm-hmm. for the equity of a pip. And I really can't talk to anyone about my intent, my fairness. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's like we followed. What is the, the, the language of telling a team that you've terminated something is essentially we followed the process and we've decided to part ways and Josh Anderson is no longer a member of our group. Done. Yep. Or something very short and sweet like that. Yep. There's no, we can share no nuance behind the scenes. So th- I, I'm not whining about it, but that's part of that. You know what? Sometimes I like want to scream. Oh my God! I wish I could share with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How yeah. hard I've worked. Right. Yeah. You know, my heart's out there on a. You know, my heart's out there. I've worked and worked and worked. Yeah. And you can't. You can't share that. Welcome to our diversity and inclusion minute. It's actually more than a minute. It's probably it's a couple of minutes. Minute. Yeah. Yeah. I could. Uh, so you and I have a. We have a conference. I think it's a conference call between you, I, and uh, yeah. Camille. Yep. This week, I think it is. I don't know. It's coming up. Whatever the calendar says. Yeah. Uh, so we. So Josh and I are going to talk to to someone. Uh, a, a young African American has her own consulting, sort of maybe more safe focused. And uh, I talked about it in the last episode. She challenged me. She called me up, and she actually interviewed me. And she was checking to see if I was all talk mm-hmm. and no action. And, and I guess I passed muster <laughs> from, a, from a diversity and inclusion perspective. And and now she's brainstorming. And, and she was nice about it. But in her defense, there's a lot of people that are all bluster. And, oh, yeah. Without and, a doubt. and people of color just get tired. of It's like, come on. This has been going on for, you know, centuries. Right. You guys got to. Right. Don't don't waste my time. So we're, we're going to have a call about how. Uh, we can partner with her in some way. Maybe she can g- give us ideas about mm-hmm. how we can make a difference. More so the call of like what would make a difference, right? What would right. advance the ball? So we have that coming up. Uh, I spoke to a young lady yesterday uh, to partner with us, uh, an African-American coach, scrum master in Nashville, and uh, very outspoken, and I like that, uh, tired of – she she's a change agent and she's getting really frustrated by so if you think agile coaches in today's companies uh as change agents is a really tough job then be a woman of color mm-hmm. change agent mm-hmm. in a large state corporation and see mm-hmm. and see how much influence you have yeah and she's not getting listened to so so uh we're going to partner she's going to partner with Josh and I sort of differently and maybe uh, maybe maybe come on a future metacast, et cetera, or even give us topics to talk about, but mm-hmm. really challenge us yep. from from that point of view. Someone who's there, yep, and can tell and can share with two white guys what it's like, and and help us figure out what we can do to take action to improve things. Yep. So before I dig into the stuff that's going on in my world that's separate from what Bob already mentioned, I just want to refocus on why. We've chosen to, in the middle of our podcast, take this break and talk about this. That thing that Bob just talked about, about it seems to be there's a lot of talk and very little action. We are doing our best to, in the middle of our content, hopefully you're really engaged. We hit the pause button and say, okay, yes, that leadership stuff that we're talking about is really important. But actually, here's something that's more important. We have a race problem in our country, and we all have a responsibility to make a difference. 
And our goal with this is to provide some modeling. Hopefully you give us some feedback about how we can do better, but, but to keep the, keep not the conversation going, but to keep the action going. I think that's one of the things that Bob and I are trying to do is not have it be about conversation, but about here's the actions we're doing in hopes of inspiring you to start or continue what you're doing. That's the goal of this segment. The goal of this segment is not look at us, look at what we're doing, but it is 100% to try and generate more action. Absolutely. If we can do it, you can do it. Uh, and, and the time for talking is over. The other, another part that Justin says consistency mm-hmm. too often. There's a burst of talking and maybe a little bit of action and then everyone's, oh, okay, now we're, we, you know, the racial issues are gone. That's not true at all. Mm-hmm. This is a this is a hard, gnarly, hairy problem, and it's going to take a lot of time and a lot of effort. So we we want to keep we're going to keep we're going to keep rattling your cage. Mm-hmm. We're going to keep rattling our cage, and we want you to take action uh, and let us know what we can do to take action. Yes. Okay. So in the final thirty seconds or so, I'll just give everybody an update on what's going on in my world. Uh, at, at my job in Storable, we are doing a book club, uh, built around the book I've talked about a couple times. So you want to talk about race and the intent there as one of the leaders of, of this group is our goal is to enable everybody across the, the company to be able to effectively have those hard discussions like Bob talked about that can lead towards change to give them the confidence to go in and have a difficult conversation in an emotion filled moment and be effective. And that is hard. We've talked about things like that in the past, but then you put us in the world that, that, that we're in and everything gets harder. So we've had some success and it's going pretty well. I'm kind of excited. Now is the moment where we are handing off to the team to run with it for themselves. And so now is that moment of, okay, what's going to happen? So that's my update. And again, what can you do? And do something. Yep. Back to the episode. Back to the episode. Okay. So the next place I want to go is, and I, I don't like the wording, but I can't come up with anything other than the buck stops here. And that, that feels wrong. That feels very traditional. Yeah, I don't like it. That's like very Ohio, cleveland it, it, Stop, it, stop. It, it is. It, it, <laughs> it hurts to say, but I haven't come up with better words yet. Um, and Well, then the buck stops with you. Oh, gosh. What? What this, I'm tra- <laughs> this may come back to haunt you. Yeah, I think it already has. <laughs> what I'm trying to get to is that at a point in my career, I got to this position where there was nowhere else in the company that I could really go for advice yeah. with a problem that I was wrestling with. And I had throughout my career always been able to go and talk to my boss and say, Hey, I'm, I'm with you this is, going, this yeah. is what I'm thinking. What do you think? Does this make sense? Um, and then there's some really good sage advice and, and you go back and rethink. And, but when you get to the leadership position where you're responsible for an entire piece of the, for a function within the organization, there is nowhere to turn for advice. And it ultimately is your responsibility to do that well. And you can't like, there's like, there's no helpline. There's no, well, there's, it sort of is, it's lonely, right? Yeah. 
like I think over the years I may have served th- this role with you a little yeah, bit, right? But it's an outside role, yes, right? Inside the company, you're. Uh, I I agree with what you're saying. I don't know if I like the phrasing, but no, I don't either. But you, but. you can't. As a leader, and part of the loneliness is you can't say, I don't know, as mm-hmm. some fundamental. You can't say, well, I have no ideas of how to proceed, or I don't know what the strategy is, or I have a conundrum. What right. do I do? Right? You have to you have to figure it out. The buck stops with you. Right. Uh, now it's that that I think that's what makes if you if you're lucky enough to have a leader mentor. Mm-hmm in your company or a coaching relationship or mentorship relationship outside of you, the buck still stops with you. It's not Bob Galen. I'm giving you advice. It's not, I don't own it. You do. Right. But at least you can have a sounding board. Uh, But with or without a sounding board, you have to go. Right. Like standing in front of an entire group and saying, I, you know, I don't know what the strategy is, is, is kind of unacceptable. Right. You have to, and an imposter syndrome comes in with this stuff to to a great degree as well. What if you don't know? Mm-hmm. What if it's risky? Mm-hmm. What if you're not sure of yourself? Yeah, yeah. Like one of, one of the most exciting and terrifying moments in my life at the same time was when I got the opportunity at Dude Solutions, and we were able to build the 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 team, the product, and the process from scratch. And in that moment, were you alone? You were largely alone yeah. there, weren't you? In that moment, and I'll explain how I was even more alone. Um, in that moment, I realized that it wasn't one of those situations where I could come in and say, "Oh, the way this was done before was poor," and I have to undo a lot of things. You didn't have that it, opportunity either. There yeah. was no, there was no room for you have to give me time to clean up the old and reshuffle things and get a new process and reshape the team. And I've got this old product that's holding me back. No, it was, here you go, bucko. Everything's laid in front of you. You either win or you lose and there's no one else to blame. And so in that moment, it was exciting because it provided me with the opportunity to, start from scratch with things I believed in very strongly, but maybe never had a chance to really put into practice. So did I really believe in those things? Was I going to really build an organization around those principles or was I going to revert back to the comfort zone? And it felt like Marty McFly in the back to the future movies where he walks into the diner or he walks into the bar and he's wearing the clothes from a different decade and you know the record player stops everybody turns and looks when when those moments hit of question all eyes turn to you and it's going to be what's he going to do yeah what's he going to say is he really going to stick with that thing he's been selling to us for a long time so change agency yeah so and i mean the dude was a change agency but without the ability to like you know you know have negative things or you know, sort of awareness that we need to change. Mm-hmm. It's like you were the physical change, yeah. Josh Anderson. I have newfound respect for. I had never looked at your dude role that way, but it. But I was I was around dude back mm-hmm. then. I was around yeah. you back then, and and that resonates with me. That's I did I didn't realize that, and that's you had to self generate. Yeah, and it was even lonelier because there were so many things. 
that I had seen done in what I believe to be a less than optimal way. Yeah. And some of my ideas about how we could do those differently were pretty drastic and pretty different than many people were comfortable with. So if I didn't believe in it, 100%, the team would smell that and it would unravel quickly. Uh, Absolutely. So I had to number one, believe it and like believe it to my core because people are smart and they can quickly tell when you're faking. So that, Hey, I have this vision of what we can be. And I'm asking everybody to get on board with an unconventional approach to doing this. That is different than maybe the way you've done it before, but let's go make this happen. I have newfound respect for personally for like the role of mentors and coaches. Mm -hmm. So 20 years ago, I was sort of periodically almost always doing what you did. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and back then people didn't, it was a sign of weakness. So if you had a coach, like, like I would, you know, 20 years ago, I never would go into the CEO and say, I need some money to, to get a coach. That right. was, that was just, you know, I need to fire you, Bob. Because you <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Job. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's why I hired you. It, the, coaching was, had a, a negative stigma. Mentoring was more informal, but still had a negative stigma, mm-hmm. right? Nowadays, it's gotten a little bit more positive, I think, where you can get away with that. I mean, I think that's one of the keys to offset some of the loneliness if you can if you can find those. Because Medicaster's Josh is, I mean, what he's recounting at the dude is a pretty common solution. You're thrown in. Mm-hmm. You have different context, but it's a, it's a lonely idea, idea space it's a lonely support space it's a lonely brainstorming space uh because of a variety of reasons right yeah and one of the things that i found that good leaders do that further enhances the loneliness is that when things go well you push your team forward yeah and you promote them and you show look what this crew did when things go poorly you, you you step in front yeah. and protect them, and that's and, your job, right? Yeah, but even that's you're right. lonely out there. Yeah, you're the you're the deflector screen. For yeah, <laughs> you are it. So and that's a lonely. right. If you're doing it well, you are you are in the background for celebrations. Yeah, and you're up front when things go poorly. Yeah, you know, as 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 this as I'm listening to us in this metacast. It makes me not want to be a leader. You know that it. It really. It's true. It's truth telling, but it's. It's. I wonder what drew me into it because it sounds lonely. It sounds sort of very. Uh, it, it is lonely, but I, for me, like why would anyone do it? Yeah, it, it, and it's, it's rhetorical. I don't yeah, know if it, I, so. I can one hundred percent explain my side. It, I find so much more reward when we are able to truly become a team and deliver on things and seeing people grow right to me. So the developing of people, right? Because I come from a family of teachers. That's very important to me of, yep, of, yep. of being that supporting role and enabling people to achieve their goals and expectations and to deliver and be proud of things. That's, that's what excites me. And with it, there are these hard parts, which is where it gets lonely, but that is way offset by all of the positives of believing in someone, believing in a group of people when maybe others don't and supporting them, helping them grow 
being a mentor and then actually having them come out on the other end and proving everybody else wrong that, yeah, this really was a fantastic team. We just had to make a few tweaks. But I think you have to have the right mindset, right, to go in there. I mean, there's leaders with different mindsets, Mm -hmm. and that's probably why there's different leadership styles and different levels of effectiveness and bad leaders and good leaders. I I think you have to go in with that servant mindset uh, and not about yourself. I mean, you talked about taking the heat. Very rarely do the leaders get the credit for anything, Mm -hmm. right? I Mm -hmm. mean, sometimes privately you can get it depending on who you report to, but it really is a all... You know, all the positives and superlatives come to the team and uh, in the good times, and you get all the shit yeah. in the bad. And that's part of the role. And that's part of the loneliness, I think, right? So you have to get the gratification out of seeing it's. So if you're waiting for like per, someone to tell you you're doing a great job or personal gratification, you're not going to get yeah. that, right? Yeah. To me, the, the, the other part that gets lonely about roles like this is that it's harder to find really painfully visible successes in the short term. You'll have big wins, but those are big moments that take months, quarters, years. So one of the things that I really struggled with during the first part of my career when I was leading was not effectively recognizing the small wins. Yeah. And it wore me down to where I felt like I wasn't effective, the team wasn't effective, all the things weren't working, but in reality there was progress being made, but I wasn't doing a, a good enough job of recognizing and celebrating them and seeing how that was inching us closer towards our goal yeah. and that when we finally got there, it was a sum of all these things. I was looking for this big bang. Yeah, it's it's more incremental and small. As you were talking, I was also thinking of it's. I want to see how you react to this. So I think it's lonely too, because teams are never happy, mm-hmm. right? So, like as a leader, you're going to make decisions, and I learned all of these things I learned along the way. But like my, if my goal was to try to be liked, if my goal was to try to make everyone happy. Or to create a, a, a decision where everyone is relatively happy. I never, like, people are always sniping at leaders. Mm-hmm. Like, e- e- even in the best of cases, you know, I might have 80% of the team that's just ecstatic with, but I have the folks that are always, oh, it's, they're looking up, it's Bob's. Like, it's always the leader's fault, mm-hmm. right? So you don't even get, so you have to, like, internal, you have to self generate your, your compass. You have to self generate, you know, your results you have to self-generate like how am i doing a good job otherwise if you look to the environment you don't get it right right it's part of the lonely it's like everyone shits on the leader right it's it's part of the I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not trying to sound bitter i'm not it's like the nature of the thing um have you seen that as well yeah it, it, it's i mean you can make a hundred uh so I, i'll use a metacast example yeah. this guy in linkedin the other day uh, just slammed me for the Nexus. Uh, remember our Nexus yeah, talk? Yeah. This guy in Australia slammed me for the Nexus talk. And uh, it's like, you were wrong and you misinterpreted it. Nexus works and you need to have a public apology to Ken Schwaber and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I, I take this stuff seriously. Yeah. And so one of my responses to him was, okay, so, you know, 11 years. And it's like the Metacast, I've lost faith in you guys. 
And I'm like, so 11 years, 170 plus episodes, and I make one freaking mistake, and you're going to write me off. I'm like, I'm a little disappointed. You know, I would have hoped for a bit more grace than that right, yeah. from you. Yeah. Uh, but that's that leadership. That, that's indicative of that leadership grace, right? People very rarely remember, even the teams mm-hmm. rarely remember the hundred good decisions. you. They'll nitpick on this one or that one. So you have to have your internal compass. Have you seen that as well? Yeah, there, there's – and the larger the organization, just by sheer numbers, the more people – there's always a percentage that are unhappy. And maybe your team is small enough that it doesn't manifest itself. But there's always – and what I've found and one of my approaches to handling this is this usually happens when there's a provocative statement being made or something that's different or not – provocative but it's 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 a different direction is being taken in some way about something and what i found is that those folks stop listening to the reasoning of why yep. we had this yep. decision of why we're going left instead of right what they heard is hey we're going left and they 100% believe we should be going right and in that moment, they stop listening to you and they start arguing well, with you trigger. in your brain. Right? They trigger and they're blocked. Right. Right? Yeah. Yep. And, and so what I've become more comfortable with is accepting that reality yep. and then just trying to continually deliver that message because every time they hear it, they're going to be a little bit less frustrated, a little bit less upset, and a little bit more willing to hear everything you have to say about why now if you're a leader that just says we're going left and stops you're never going to be able to recover that you're never going to be able to get that person understand why because you're unwilling to invest the time to stand up in front of the group and say this is why we're doing this so that's why I, i always try and back every decision with a logical reason but also i 100 expect that there will be a subset of that group that even though they might, if they gave themselves the opportunity to hear the logic, would agree with it. But at some point, they stop listening out of anger, frustration, yeah. distress, whatever it might be. Yeah, I mean, in all medcasters, all of these things are adding up to, it goes back to the original premise, it's a lonely place to be. It's a good place to be. I wouldn't trade my leadership journey for anything. Mm-hmm. But it, the, grass is not, the grass is not greener. Right. And, and you have to have... Like you do, you come from your, your Genesis story is I come from teachers. I get a lot of energy out of seeing people grow. Mm-hmm. That's a sound reason to become a leader, right? If you, yeah. if, if you wanted to hear kudos all the time, you're going to be sorely disappointed. Right, yeah. <laughs> That's probably not a, a reason for you to become a leader, yeah. right? Or you're just going to be, you're going to be a very sour leader because you're not going to get, you're not going to get fed in that direction. Do you think we covered this one? Yeah, I I just want to finish on that point and really revisit it real quick. If you're out there and you got excited because you saw this episode and say, "Oh, cool, they're talking about leadership," and I'm gonna I'm gonna be able to understand if I want to make this move or not. Maybe there's an opportunity within your company or somebody out there's hiring for a role that you're excited about that includes some sort of leadership. Stop and think about. Why you want that role. Yeah. And what we're trying to do here is we're trying to give you some background info about the reality of the situation because it will feel like it's all roses. 
And there are times when it is, but there are certainly times when there's a lot of thorns that are on those roses and you've got to be able and be comfortable to do that. So have a conversation with yourself. Think about what's my driving decision, why I want to do this. I'm not suggesting you shouldn't make that move, but just go into it with your eyes as wide open as possible. I'd, I'd, I'd plus one to that. And, and also it's like, are you inside out driven or outside in driven is another thing to think about related to what Josh was saying. So where do you get your energy? Where do you get your belief? Where do you get your sense of self? Is it inside out then leadership because it's lonely? It's a lonely business maybe for you. Mm-hmm. If it's outside in, then you may want to rethink that, mm-hmm. right? If that's your core, if that's where you, it's like introvert versus ex- extrovert. Where do you get your energy, mm-hmm. right? Um, if you if you need to be liked, if you need to be people to agree with you, et cetera, et cetera, leadership is not, I don't think it's like that. And if you can always explain yourself, yeah. if you, you know, oh, I can defend, you know, I'm getting hammered about this decision, so therefore I can, ex- I need to explain my thinking, you may not get that opportunity. So you just have to, you need an internal compass, I think. That energy generation point, I think, is key. That before we wrap it up, it, it, there are moments when things are going poorly. And you have to generate the energy, the Absolutely. positive energy. Absolutely. If it, you can't sit around and wait for somebody else to do it, you, you are the generator of energy. And when you're an introvert, that might be difficult. It's, it's, it's difficult. But you have a responsibility to provide that spark that allows the engine to start and keep running. Oftentimes, it has to be you. Yep. I don't think, and, and again, we're talking about leaders, like it may be managers or directors. I think the discussion we're having now affects, like, if you're uh, assuming, like, a leadership role or just leading something in a scrum team, mm-hmm. it's the same stuff, mm-hmm. right? It's so, so don't get caught up in this discussion in hierarchies. Uh, if even if you, now some in hierarchies, some of the HR stuff we were talking about applies, and it might not apply as an architect or a team lead. But a lot of the same stuff, you have to you have to change your energy level, like as a team lead, mm-hmm. right? You you have to suddenly shift yourself. So all I'm getting at, uh, Medicasters, is this applies. This just doesn't just apply to VPs or something like that. This is, this is a, a pretty generic leadership topic. Yeah, agree. Hey. Beef, uh, what would be a, a Star Trekian? I'm a Star quote? Warsian guy. You're a Star Warsian guy. Yeah, I don't. I'll, I'll, we'll do one this way. Make it so. Number one. Okay. So from beautiful downtown Fuquay, Verena, North Carolina, I'm Bob Gale, and I'm Josh Anderson. Shake and bake. Take care, y'all. <laughs>